0: Well, good morning. Uh, For those of you that don't know, my name is Mike Gruppen, and uh, I have the honor uh, this morning to share with you a little bit about uh, the power of prayer. And uh, as Dave had had spoken already, uh, our church has been on a bit of a journey here in January. And uh, I've, I've been really excited about that because oftentimes... Uh, oftentimes I will come up with a theme or a word or something like that for New Year's, right? We, we all do that, like we get a New Year's resolution or something like that. But my thing for this year, uh, and, and, and I love how Marta put it this morning, getting out of the cage, right? My thing for this year has been uh, to rediscover the power of prayer. To, to, to get back to where I had been many, many years ago. You see, uh, back in 2008, 2009, I had uh, very much grown up in uh, a a type of Christian faith where prayer, prayer was something you did before you ate and before you went to bed at night, and that was pretty much it. And I went on a men's retreat weekend where I discovered that prayer was so much more. For the first time in my life, I felt like God was speaking directly to me. For the first time in my life, I had experienced a a, a moment where it wasn't just me talking to God and and telling him uh, what my needs were and then saying amen and going to bed. It It was a time where I really felt like God was dialoguing with me. He took me on a walk through the woods. He was speaking to me. He was speaking to me about my kids, speaking to me about my wife, speaking to me about ministry. And from that time forward, for, for, for many, many years, God would speak to me and I, I would have these awesome moments where I would go and approach somebody at a, at a you know, supermarket or Gas station, or something like that, and, and we'd end up in a time of prayer. And, and there were these amazing testimonies that were coming from that. And I, I started to discover that there was power in prayer, it was a powerful tool that's, that God has given us. But then, about two years ago, uh, after my father died and my sister died back to back. I have to be really honest with you guys. I went to an, into a real time of being real stagnant in my faith. I, I, I would feel initially the promptings of the Holy Spirit to go and pray for somebody, to talk to somebody. And, and I'd just be like, not today. Not today. I don't, I don't have it in me today. And the more and more that I would get opportunities to go and speak in front of groups of people, the more and more distance I realized that I was putting on my prayer life and the testimonies that I was sharing in uh, my, my talks to, to groups of people. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. Like four or five years ago, I met this person and we prayed and it was really awesome. And I, and I, started, I started to really realize... I haven't had any testimonies lately and, 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 and it started to just really I started to really wrestle with the fact that God you know what what's what's going on what's changed and I knew that the answer was that I had changed I had changed I wasn't spending time in the morning with the Lord uh you know, praying, seeking him, getting a word for him for the, for the day. I wasn't spending time uh, at night. I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going after the promptings of the Holy Spirit to go and talk to people. And I was just kind of walking through life, living on things that had happened in the past. So this January one, one of the things that I said is, God, I want to start to hear your voice again. I want to commune with you again. I want to be done with this stagnant, complacent Christian life because I know that there's so much more available. And then Dave had put out, hey, for these first few weeks in January, um, and and, and we'll see how long it goes, we're going to focus on prayer. We're going to pull the church together. We're going to start talking about prayer. We're going to start uh, diving into prayer at a much deeper level. And so we've been doing that. And this week, I am so excited because we've got new testimonies. We've got new testimonies to share, and and, and we're going to be sharing those in just a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think it's also very interesting that, you know, a few weeks ago, we have this NFL player. He gets hit in his chest, and he goes down flat on the field. And immediately, the only thing that a nation can think to do, tons of millionaires out on this football field. They've got all the money. They've got all the resources. They've got all the things. But in that moment, all anybody could think to do was to kneel down and to pray. And that warmed my heart because I have to be really honest with you. I feel like that complacency isn't only something that I've been going through. I feel like that complacency is something that we have seen overtaking our nation over time. We've, we've seen this complacency with prayer. I, I've seen it even uh, you, you know, when, when you get on social media or, or, or different things like that, over the last several years, people will say, "Hey, praying for you." Thoughts and prayers, prayer emoji. Right? And, th- and that's, that's, what, that's what prayer has become. How often do we tell somebody, hey, I'm praying for you. We type it out, hit enter, and then we go on with our day. Do we actually pray? Some of you in here, I'm, I'm, I guarantee some of you in here do. I guarantee most of you, if you're like me, it's, it, the, you know. So, sometimes when I really mean it, I put three prayer emojis. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Boom, boom, boom. I'm really praying for that. Enter, and I move on with my day. But some in our culture have become really critical of prayer. They're like, "Don't bother giving me your thoughts and prayers." And it, and it's become it's become this mockery. We, we, we've seen it from many celebrities, and, and we, we, we've seen it from, from uh, just, just different people out there that, that have, have large social media voices making fun of prayers. Your prayers do nothing for us. We need, we need you to do some action. I've seen that overtake our culture. But I think that as a church as little old restoration church here as as a group of people meeting on a wednesday night saying hey we're going to we're going to put this prayer thing to work and we're going to go out and we're going to see what we can do in the community and man this past wednesday night was awesome there is power in prayer there, there, there is so much that God has that he wants to speak to us, that he wants to, 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 to push through us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's his, let's, let's get this right, right? We, we have authority in prayer. We have authority in the name of Jesus Christ, but it's Jesus working through us, his Holy Spirit working through us that makes things happen. wanted to start off with a couple of quotes. I think that I have them here. There's one from uh, Martin Luther, maybe. Do we have that? To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to live without breathing. That's a powerful statement. Because I know that I can't go much more than a few steps without breathing. I need breath just to live. And the truth is, for the church to live and to thrive we need to be a church of prayer. Next quote from Oswald Chambers. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. We cannot discount the power of prayer. When we pray for people, when we respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and we approach people, awesome things happen. Jesus was all about prayer. First uh, Thessalonians 5:16. I'm going to run through a lot of Bible verses here really quick, OK? Um, you guys can get them on the, the website, right? if you want. But First uh, Thessalonians 5:16 through 18 tells us to pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, for God is uh, God's will for you in, in Christ. Pray continually. Right? Some 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 versions say, pray without ceasing. I would say that my life has not been a life of praying without ceasing. I would say that if, if I were writing that verse, I, I would probably say, hey, pray occasionally every few days, and you know, God's got it. That that's where I got to. I'm telling you, pray without ceasing. Next one, Ephesians six, eighteen through twenty. This is right after. Paul is talking about the spiritual armor. He's talking about swords and helmets and shields and armor and all this stuff. And then he goes right into this and he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. That whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will speak fearlessly or make fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray, 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 pray. Put on that spiritual armor and then pray, 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 pray. That's what we're called to do. Next one Luke 9 23. We're called to, uh, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up your cross daily and follow me. As Christians, we are called to follow Jesus. As Christians, our mandate is to follow Jesus with every step that we take. And I can tell you, I've been just going through the, the, the word this week, Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed in every circumstance. Luke three twenty one. 21, Jesus uh, prayed as he was getting baptized. It says that, that Jesus was praying and that's when the Holy Spirit broke through the sky, came down, filled Jesus with the Holy Spirit and then Jesus would go then and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power of prayer and for the next 40 days, man, he, he would give the devil all he could handle. Satan came to tempt him, but Jesus was strong against the temptation. He was able to defeat it because he had prayed. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was prepared to take on that battle because he prayed. Uh, Luke 6, 12 through 13. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray before he selected the disciples. So when Jesus needed wisdom on who he was going to choose... Jesus went up on the mountain, spent time up there praying, and then he came down from the mountain, and he's like, okay, these are my guys. How often in life are we taking time to say, Lord, I've got decisions i got to make. I've got things that i got to do. Are we seeking him and praying for his wisdom? Jesus had to. Certainly we do. John eleven forty one 41 through 42, before Jesus raised Lazarus, from the dead Jesus looked up to heaven and said God I'm thankful that you hear my prayers you always do and then he spoke to Lazarus and called him out so before performing a miracle, before uh, doing an, an amazing thing Jesus needed to pray he prayed, he turned the attention back to the father some of us in here have got stories of times when we've prayed and we've seen the miraculous happen. It's an amazing thing. Uh, Luke 6, I'm sorry, John 6, 11, before breaking the bread and, and, and splitting the, 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 the fish, before feeding 5,000 people, says that Jesus looked up to heaven and he gave thanks. Jesus' life was full of prayer. Jesus prayed with others. We see in Luke nine twenty eight, he took Peter, James, and John up the mountain to pray. This past week, and certainly in our men's Bible study, one of the things that is so important to me is just the ability to get together with other men, other people, and pray together. It gets us united in our faith. When we start hearing from the Lord together, we start moving together as the body should. Luke 22.40, Jesus prayed for strength in one of the most vulnerable scriptures that I've ever seen. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's go on to the... Uh, well, I think that's the wrong, the wrong scripture that I was planning on, but uh, that's a good one too. Um <laughs> But I think of uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he, he, he went to pray and he said, Father, if there's any way, take this cup from me. Jesus knew that the task that he was about to take on was so intense, so uh, extreme. He was like, God, if, if there's any way for me not to go through this, take this cup from me. But your will be done. How many times do I pray, God, take this issue from me. Take this thing from me because it's too great. But God sometimes wants us to walk through that. He wants us to break out of the cage. Last couple of weeks, I've been in the process of breaking out of a cage because I've said, you know what? I I, I left this prayer thing back here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy anymore. God's like... You're called to be that guy, dude. You got to walk through this. Jesus also prayed in Luke 23, 34 when he was in pain. He was hanging on the cross. And uh, he just said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He was, he was in pain. But another prayer that he prayed at that moment, he also looked down at everybody and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. In that moment, he was praying for us. That's the first of three pages. Prayer was so important to Jesus. In fact, uh, in Matthew 21, 12 through 14, when he was turning the tables in the tabernacle, he was angry by what they had made Church. They, they, they had made it into a den of thieves. They had turned it into, they had turned church into something that it was not supposed to be. And he said to them, uh, My house will be called a house of prayer. Jesus is always coming back to prayer, prayer, prayer. John 17, 11. 1. Of the, one of Jesus' last prayers. It says that. Uh, I will remain in the world no longer. He's again, he's in the garden at this moment. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. He's praying to the Father. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus was praying that we would be one with God's Holy Spirit just as he was one with the Holy Spirit. And being one with the Holy Spirit is what allowed Jesus to walk through crowds, to see what people needed, to speak over people, to, to lay hands on people, to pray for the sick, and to see them be healed. When we are one with God's Holy Spirit, the Bible says that we can walk in that same kind of authority. It says that the same Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is the same spirit that is living in us today. We cannot afford as a church to be complacent, to be stagnant when we have the power of prayer, the power of His holy Spirit. And when Jesus went up to heaven, it wasn't like he was done praying. Romans 8:34. Uh, Who then is the one who's condemned? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us right now. I love that picture. Jesus is literally sitting up in heaven praying for us right now. And Mike Gruppen wants to try to go throughout his day without feeling like he needs to pray. Jesus is literally up in heaven feeling like he needs to be praying for me. How much more do I need to be praying to walk through this life? Like I was saying, I feel like our culture has become very complacent, very stagnant, very holding prayer and the things of God at an arm's length. Well, it's going to be what it's going to be. There are multiple times in scripture where the prayers of a righteous man actually changed what God was going to do. We can change the course of somebody's life through prayer. We can change the course of our life through prayer. I came across this uh, definition this week that really kind of spoke to me. It's called semantic satiation. Anybody want to tell me what semantic satiation means? Okay, well, I'll tell you. (sighs) It's when a word or phrase is used or repeated so often that it begins to lose its meaning or significance. Thoughts and prayers. Prayer emoji. Praying for you. I think our culture has lost the power of prayer because it's something that's so repeated it's it's become so commonplace we we've we've lost our focus on what it really really means to pray and what prayer can do like i said uh before james five sixteen, uh the prayers of a righteous man are power and effective and you might be sitting out there in a the crowd going like well None are righteous. Who's righteous? Who, who, who's righteous enough that their prayers can actually do something? Well, guess what? We've all been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've all been made righteous. So if you're sitting in this room today and you raise your hand and say, I'm a Christian, uh, then, then you've been made righteous. Your prayers can do much. One of the, uh, uh, several years ago, uh, some of my friends and I were, and again, I know I said I got testimonies from years ago, but I'm going to use one right now, but um, several years ago, my friends and I were out praying for people uh, on the streets of uh, downtown Holland and we came across this guy. Uh, we had just been, we had just been in Revelations 12:11, reading about uh, the, uh, uh, Michael and his angels throwing the dragon out of heaven, Right. And uh, I said, all right, Lord, so, so you, want me, you want us to use this? And we were just praying. I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to use this in, in praying for somebody. Uh, and then we went and we meet with this guy. And he's got down this really crazy looking necklace. And I said, hey, that's a cool looking necklace. What's that all about? And he says, well, I'm a pagan high priest. I was like, oh, okay. And he shows me his ring. And then he, he, pull, he pulls out uh, some other things. And everything that he had had dragons on it. Everything that he had had dragons on it, and he was a pagan high priest. And uh, I said, oh, I said, what's, uh, what's your name? He said, my name is Michael. And so I, I laughed a little bit, and I said, oh, that's ironic. He says, why is, why is that ironic? And I said, because Michael's the one who threw the dragon out of heaven. Oh, he didn't like that. <laughs> but that led into a prayer time with him where we were talking about the fact that he left, he was born and raised in the church, but he said that the church was so stagnant and so lacking of any power, he never saw anything happening, but he, he when his friends who were Wiccans and Pagans and all that kind of stuff started doing what, what they do, they would see power. So he's like, that must be real because I see power there. And last week, Dave put up on the screen... Uh, these, these little, uh, what would you call them? Altars that, that he came across when he was, when he was out running and, uh, and they were, they were put there by Wiccans or people doing witchcraft. They obviously, they themselves see power in the supernatural and they're pursuing it hardcore. We have so much more access We have so much more power available to us than they could ever even think of. I feel like people leave the church because they don't see power in it. That breaks my heart. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, which is crazy to me, uh, but denying its power have nothing to do with those people. Guys, I think that this verse talks about the church. And I'm not talking about restoration. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying the church as a whole in uh, North America, we we have become that paragraph and we have denied the power of God we have got a form of godliness. Yeah, I go to church, I pray on occasion, I send prayer emojis to people. We have a form of godliness, but we're denying the power. I think that that's where we're at as a church. And we have the ability to turn this around. That's why I'm excited about the things that I've seen happening this week. So I just want to share with you guys some testimonies that have happened this past week. Okay, we decided we're going to make prayer a thing. We're going to go after this. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to seek prayer. And uh, so, Dan Pierbolt, are you ready? All right, so I'm going to ask Dan and Carly to come up. They both have uh, testimonies from this past week. Oh, right there. Okay. And uh, I've just asked them to come up and share. So on Wednesday night, uh, we got together, we prayed, and we went out as groups. And here's uh, a few of the testimonies that, that came from that.
1: Yeah, Wednesday, I had a a neat opportunity to be uncomfortable in the afternoon, evening as well, but in the afternoon particularly. Um, I had a a manager that I haven't spoken to in years, uh, but I heard his wife was suffering from cancer. So I thought, oh, I I can reach out to him. I like to encourage people. I can encourage him. So I reached out to him. Um, We connected in the afternoon, and we were talking, and he was telling me what was going on, and it seems she just had days left to live. And I thought, boy... This is off to a great start. So I said, hey, how, how can I pray for you? He said, um, you know, strength, wisdom, going to be a struggle here. I said, okay. And then he was, you know, kind of getting ready to wrap it up. And I said, no, man, I'd, I'd like to pray for you right now. He's like, oh, okay. So we we got in prayer and I'm you know, I'm screwing the pooch. I'm, I'm stammering, I'm choked up. But, uh, I can't think of any verses, but, you know, we're making it through it. And all of a sudden I realized He's bawling. I mean, he's just blubbering on the other end. And I thought, man, this is the worst prayer of encouragement that I have ever been a part of. Well, we wrap it up, and he just he, he gets it together, and he says, Man, he goes, there have been hundreds of people in my life this last few weeks and months friends, family, church, pastors, and not one of them has prayed live with me. He's, Thank you. And I just realized that, you know, spirit just used my inadequacy to reach him in, in a way I never could. So I, I just encourage you all, pray, pray with folks.
2: So this week, I didn't actually go on Wednesday night because I wasn't feeling great this week. Um, and, but I had to make some returns, um, to the mall. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? I just got to get out of the house. I've been in the house all week. Time to get out. Um so I went to the mall and I'm kind of in my head right now in this season of learning so much more about prayer of like kind of like my radar is so like, okay, who is it going to be? Like is it going to be somebody here? Is it not going to be even though I wasn't feeling great and really didn't want it. Like I knew that I needed to be listening for that prompting from the Lord. Um, so I head into the mall with my returns with my nine month old son on one hip. Cause I forgot the stroller and the mall doesn't have shopping carts. I forgot. So I have my returns, my kid, my purse, everything. Right. And I walk in and I'm like looking at people like, okay, God, like don't let it be them. You know, like I really don't want to stop. I just want to make this return and get out. And, um, so whatever, make the return, go to the food court. And I see somebody sitting there that I actually knew from like seven years ago, back in high school. Um, I had met her once and then followed her on Instagram and since just kind of followed her story. She had shared a lot about um, their foster and adoption process that they've been going through and like the struggles that have kind of happened. Um, with their kids and that system, and just a lot of things. Just she likes to share about things, and it's really interesting. And she's a Christian too, so it's always she's usually asking for for prayer in that. Um, so I see her sitting with her kids across the food court, because I, I wanted to get some food too. And I sit down, I literally have my kid, the other bag of stuff, and I'm dragging a high chair, you know, with one foot, because I don't have an extra hand. And I'm not feeling good. And I'm like, the all of a sudden, Lord's like, that's who I want you to pray for. I'm like, Ugh. like, not right now. Like, I almost made it out. You know, I didn't, I didn't have to. And so I didn't. And I, um, I disobeyed. And I sat there, she left. I was like, like kinda of made it out of that. And then on the way home, I was driving and Lord was like, Carly, you didn't listen to me. Like you've been saying you're gonna change and you know, finally listen. And I'm like, okay, I kinda of stupidly bargained with the Lord. And I was like, Well, maybe if I see her tonight, then I'll pray for her. And then it was kind of like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere tonight. Like maybe <laughs> maybe just next time, right? That's when that kinda of, what that kinda of turned into. Well I go home, go to sleep, and My dream that night was about her and her family and that I saw them that night and that I had the opportunity to invite them over and pray for them. And I woke up like sick, like then I was really sick. I woke up sick at like five o'clock and I was like, okay, God, like, obviously I saw her tonight. Like, you're really funny. Like I told you if I saw her tonight, I'd pray for her. And so here we are. But I'm like, I don't know where she lives. I don't know anything. So um, I kind of sat and just listened to the Lord like, okay, what what do you have for me? Like, obviously, I know what her surface-level prayer requests are that she's been sharing on Instagram. Um, So I know it's that, but, like, there's got to be something more. Like, I just feel like there's something more. So I just sat and listened with that for a little while, and um, the Lord just told me, like, there is some distrust with her husband's job. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's something like I can work with that. Even though I was like, I don't, you know, there's the risk of, is there distrust? Is there something going on? I don't know. Um, But I typed out or in my notes or whatever, a prayer for her. And I messaged her on Instagram. I told her the whole story that I saw her in the mall. I disobeyed, yada, yada. And um, I sent her the prayer following that. And she responds with like, Carly, everything you said really helped a lot. But like what you said about my husband and his job was so spot on. I can tell the Holy Spirit's working through you. And I was, I was just so excited because I think part of me, I was so happy for her that I could be an encouragement, but like my faith was so increased in that moment. And that's what I needed because this is new for me. So for me to like have that and just, you know, see the Lord, like, okay, Carly, like I am going to work for you and I have your back. I'm not going to make you look crazy, even though if he does, that's okay. You know, um, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Um, but I, yeah, I just think that was really encouraging, um, for myself and for her as well. That's awesome. I,
0: I love the, I love the fact that in both of those testimonies, God will work through our shortcomings, right? Your, Dan's thinking, I mean, I'm messing up this prayer, right? Just, this, is, this is horrible. And this dude's balling on the other end, right? And, uh, and, and, and even though Carly was like, said no initially, God was like, no, we're going to do this together. I'm going to walk you through this. Uh, one, one last testimony. Um, a group of guys uh, uh, got together. Uh, we went uh, initially to pray for Bill Marsh, uh, John Boovey, uh, Nick over here, and myself. And... Um, And uh, while we were there, uh, Dave was there as well. Uh, Kurt Koning was there. And who, uh, oh, Dan DeHaan. And uh, we we decided after we got done praying for Bill Mars, we said, okay, we're going to pray and see where God is going to lead us next. And so I just said, guys, we're going to just be quiet. And if God has given you a picture in your head at all, just just let us know what that is, right? Just uh, God wants to show us where to go. That's super awkward. Not even going to lie. And, and so, like, we had all kind of gotten a few kind of things, and then we looked at John uh, booby and we're like, John, you got anything? And he's like, and he, he knew he had something, but he was like, I don't want to say, right? Because this just feels weird. But John said, okay, listen, I see this married couple. The husband's wearing a black hoodie. Uh, they are really in a, a place of struggle, and uh, I, I feel like we're supposed to go pray for them and encourage them, Right? And, uh, and so then Nick over there says, I really feel like uh, we're supposed to go to Walmart. That's where we're going to find them. So I was like, that's good because that's indoors and it's warm there. <laughs> so we leave. Uh, we head off to Walmart and we're walking in. I'm like, okay, black hoodie, married couple. We're walking down the aisle. I look down one of the aisles. I see this couple down there. Husband's wearing a black hoodie. And uh, I was like, okay, all right. So we, we go curve around, come back around, and I'm walking, and the Holy Spirit is just like, that's them, right? So I just approached this couple and I said, hey, listen. I said, uh, we're, we're with a church group. or we're, we're learning about prayer, and we're just wondering if we could pray with you tonight. And for the next five to 10 minutes, uh, we were able to pray with them. We were able to encourage them. Uh, we were able to make them know uh, that And, and yes, they're, they're going through some stuff right now, right? Um, but we were able to make known to them that God sees them, that they are not unseen. And uh, toward the end of the prayer time, the the thing that hit me the most is the husband. Uh, the husband started crying as well. I'm not calling you out too much there, am I, chic? A little bit, a little bit. All right, all right. He wasn't crying. He was man crying. <laughs> But he came back He, He walked away for a second He came back and he looked at his wife and he says I get the concept I get the concept Because earlier in that day She was trying to encourage him In the midst of their struggle Saying God's got us He sees us If we will just give this to him He will see us He will be there for us And uh and and so it was really awesome and and then I was able to to, to meet with them yesterday at uh, at Culver's and uh them and, and we we prayed a little bit more and one of the things that Sheik told me is like I always feel like I've been called to be a pastor I've always felt like I've been called to something higher and something more and uh they're with us today but they're going to be heading out to Louisiana uh in uh, in less than a week and um uh, I didn't get permission to say this, but uh, but I, I know that they could use some help with, with travel expenses and things like that. Um, and I know that also another part of the testimony Dave was just telling me is uh, that our church, actually, and I don't even know if you guys know this or not, uh, but our church was, was, was part of the church that, that helped get uh, the house that you guys were living in uh, all, all squared away over there through, uh, through Grant Branson uh, a, a while back. So I just like to see how God comes full circle uh, with, with, with all of that stuff. Um, some amazing testimonies. And, and, and I love that God gave John Boovey that, that image so clearly, right? I, I feel like that was to encourage his faith. This is what I'm going to finish with. I was reading this week that in 1991, only 6% of Americans considered themselves to be atheists. By 2016, that number had jumped to 25% of Americans consider themselves to be atheist. But the more alarming number is that 40%, almost half of 19 to 29-year-olds consider themselves to be atheist. Folks, we need we have a we we, we have a big job ahead of us. As, as Christians, we can turn this nation around. And I want to finish with this scripture right here, 2nd Chronicles 7:14. We we know this scripture, we say it all the time, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Their land. Folks, we want to heal this land. We want to turn this nation around, but it is going to start on our knees. It is going to start through prayer. We cannot emphasize the power of prayer enough. We need to be a church that prays and understands the power of that prayer. I'm going to close with a word of prayer right now. So Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Lord, I thank you uh, for how you uh, have been working through the, the, the folks of this uh, congregation, Lord, through through prayer. Lord, I, I just pray that in this coming week, that we would respond to the promptings of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would respond to you, Lord, that, that we would know that you see us and hear us. So Father, I just pray for, that, that we would be a church that prays in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.